What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello to all you faithful patrons of Shea Bippy, and welcome to another episode of the Shea Bippy Mob Pod, a podcast you can't refuse. I am your co-host, Mike DeBate, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, the proprietor here at the Shea Bippy Bar. He is the sonny to my Jimmy Whispers, and fear not, folks, Shea Bippy may be closed because of the difficulties that we're having right now. We are being socially distant and responsible, but we are open for takeout. A little espresso, a little cannoli, a little biscotti, all good. But he is my good friend, Thomas Murphy. Murph, welcome back to the Bippy in a different environment than we're used to, my friend, but the spirit remains the same. It does. It does. You're down one end of the bar. I'm down here at the other. There, you know, we got... Uh... Coffee cakes sliding us a, a nice little wine or or whatever, and, and that's it. You know, it's a good time. It's a good time. Absolutely. I hope everybody out there is safe. And uh, we hope, you know, of course, hope uh, my co-host here and his wonderful family is, is behind closed doors and safe. And everybody here is good and just crawling all over one another. <laughs> God. So far, 
far oh. so good, my friend. I mean, we we live in interesting times, and uh, ser- you know, sincerely, you know, we always go back and forth. We know that you know each other is is doing well. I'm glad to hear that you are. I am as well. But for so many, uh, it's such an uncertain time, mm-hmm. such a scary time. Whether it be yeah. health concerns, whether it be economic concerns. Everybody's dealing with something. So if you're tuning in to Shea Bippy here today, we hope to give you a little bit of a break from the news of the day and take you into the delving world of mob movies. And it's as good a time as any to binge watch some of these. So if you haven't mm-hmm. had an opportunity, uh, binge watch some of your favorite mob movies and also binge listen to some of the uh, wisdom and counsel that we've shared here at the Shea Bippy Bar when it there comes you to your favorite. Um, you can find all of those on the Full Press Coverage app, which is available on Apple. It's available on Google Play. You can get all of it all in one place. That is an app you can't refuse for the podcast you can't refuse. So today, Murph, I figured and we figured that we would do something a little against the grain, something we haven't done much of here, and that is rankings in top tens. And to kick off the ranking in the top 10 right now, we decided, actually I should say my good friend here decided that it would be good to kick this off with the top 10 supporting characters in mob movies of all time. So this was a fun list to compile. I don't want to speak for you, buddy. I I think you probably had fun filling out this list, but I had a blast coming up with some of these. I really did too, bud. I really did too. And it was hard. It was hard to just, you know, get it down to 10. And, and I'm glad that you went completely, um, what's the word, uh, socially responsible with this and just say supporting roles, supporting actors, because it wasn't just, in my list anyway, it wasn't just the guys. The girls got in there, too. I thought about calling you and saying, let's just do a supporting actors one, and then in a couple of weeks we'll do ex- uh, do the actresses. And But, you know, nowadays... It, it's just it's just a role. A role is just a role, and and you know hopefully it's not a popover and there's there's something in it. <laughs> just to Absolutely. go back to my blue heaven. What is it? It's a popover. <laughs> a popover. There's nothing in it. It's a popover. It. <laughs> there's nothing in it. <laughs> we got we got something in it for you guys, and this is a full stuffed cannoli right here it's, at cannoli. You know, oh, from it, it end to end. Is. You know, I, if you if you want to call it a calzone, yeah, we double stuff this one, and it's going to be a good time. And um, there there are there, there are so many great roles, there are so many great movies. When when you when you I was doing research for this, I'm like, how am I going to cut this down to ten? But I did. I got it down to ten, and um, and I, I bet you had just as much difficulty as I did. I truly did. This was a really, really tough list to cut down. And I know there's going to be a lot of controversy in terms of, from our listeners, in terms of people that we may have forgotten, in terms of people that we may not have added in, uh, some people on the list, uh, maybe some question as to whether or not some people on our list are supporting characters. Maybe you yeah, there a you little go. bit more of the lead. Um, but we'll define exactly how we went about it. What I did is I tried to imagine in my head what character was so central to the plot line of these movies. And in some cases, probably tipping my hand here, in some cases, these are movies that are sequels, and they go on and on in a saga. Who is the central character to that, you know, that plot? Who is a supporter that, that drives the plot along, but is not necessarily the main guy? And sometimes the supporting characters are more popular than the main guy, but you have to remember that there's usually a... a uh, an antagonist that is the the central figure of the movie. So leaving them out, I kind of left everyone up for fair game at that point. So if you feel that maybe some of our 
mine anyway, I don't want to speak from her, but some of our uh, choices here might be a little bit more uh, walking the line for the main character than a supporting character. That's definitely a, a debate. And it was. It was difficult. Have. You know, who, who 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 supported who in Donnie Brasco? You know, exactly. who supported That's who true. in American Gangster? You know, yep. I mean, not a Little Caesar. You you know who who the um who who the movie's about? You know, right. Goodfellas. You know, you know, it's it's it, it it was a it was a gray area, and and I think we shaded it in pretty good. In um, I hope so. In everything, so. Let, let's kick it off. Who who was your number ten supporting actor in a gangster movie, Bob? Well, you you mentioned earlier that this is a list for the guys and a list for the gals, and I kick it off with a gal. And big surprise here, folks. I know everybody's going to be shocked that I went to this movie right out of the gate, but I have to go with Diane Keaton playing Kate Adams in the there Godfather go. trilogy. Uh, to me, I think just one of the central characters in all three movies. You look at the evolution of the way she played this character from a naive, uh, very uh, wide-eyed, uh, love-struck girl, basically, when she met Michael and being romanced by the thought of his family, the thought of the man that he could become, and then just watching the evolution or the de-evolution of her character going more and more into a level of despair when it came yeah. to uh, you know, part two and just knowing that things were never going to change the way he had hoped the way she had hoped they would and the right. way Michael had promised her they would. Um, I, I thought she played this character perfectly. And I think one of the bright spots in Godfather part three, I thought um, and Diane did a great job of bringing back some of that wide eyed type of love that you saw, especially in the scene where the two of them are having, uh, I think coffee and just a little, uh, you know, afternoon, uh, uh, you know, pick me up uh, at the other uh, table. And you could really see the love between the two characters, between her and Michael. It was almost like they were able to step into a time warp and go back yep. into the original um, you know, premise of what brought them together in the first place. It was. I was waiting for Johnny Fontaine to walk in right there. That was great. Absolutely. And you just you could hear you could actually just hear him singing in the background if you look at that. Yep. So uh, I know Godfather Three gets a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of railment, uh, and we have yet to chronicle that here on the uh, the Shape of the Mob Pod. But uh, I had to go with Kay Adams on this one, and I I think Diane definitely deserved this. She did, man. That was a great pick. That was a great pull. It was a a role that that spanned decades and that evolved in a way that that not many did. And yep, she's in my honorable mentions down at the end. So that that's it. Um, my number ten is I went I went completely off the map here, and uh, and it's it's Brad Pitt as Mickey O'Neill in Snatch. Good. Um, I oh. thought, yeah. Uh, Mickey is a, plays an Irish gypsy. If you, do, if you guys haven't, um, watched this movie, please do. It, it is, it's just, just a fantastic film. Mickey plays an, an Irish gypsy that is a, is a boxer and he gets caught up in, uh, the, the, what we, we'd like to call the, the underworld of, of, uh, of Great Britain. And he, he's, he's, involved in in a uh, a boxing match that that he ends up you know winning when he's supposed to lose he's supposed to go down in this movie and it, it, he he's really a very central character in this and this is one of those who's who's the the lead actor and and when when you have an ensemble film like this it's really difficult but i really don't consider him the lead the lead in this in this movie uh i definitely consider him a supporting character in this movie 
and uh and it, it was a fantastic film that I think everybody should should check out everybody um god why why am I completely blanking on um on the uh the director's name right now it, it, i pulled my notes back up and I can't do it so yeah it, it's a guy Ritchie movie and uh it, just a, an amazing film uh, once you get past trying to get past his his completely believable Irish gypsy accent. He's a traveler, and uh, traveler's accents are, are very difficult to, to get into, but it's part of the fun of the film. You you really see how 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 deep he got into this role, um, how difficult it, it must have been for his, um, his co-stars, because people have said, you know, time and again that he's a method actor, and he, he completely immerses himself in this stuff. And he did as as Mickey O'Neill. It's a great film. Go check it out. Agreed. Uh, I think again, uh, an unsung role for him, uh, and I think in a lot of ways, but it really shows his versatility. And I agree with you. I think that was a great pick. Definitely went to uh, uh, an area in uh, in this list that I'm glad that you went to because I think it adds a depth and a, and a realism to it that to me yeah. is just unparalleled. And that's why we share the microphone on matters like this, my friend. You there bring you the gravitas to it uh, with uh, with all uh, with all uh, you know reverence uh, in that. Um, my number nine selection uh, is Russell Buffalino from The Irishman, Joe Pesci. Okay. And I, uh, I, this may surprise a lot of people because of the newness of this and a lot of what uh, a lot of people are, you know, lukewarm. And I think, a, I think there was a, an initial buzz about this movie when it first came out. And I think people seeing it more, I'm noticing a little bit more of an erosion of the enthusiasm. But I think Pesci really was such a glue to this movie and such and the way he played it, very understated. Uh, very against the grain in terms of the Joe Pesci type mobster that we're used to seeing, whether it be the Tommy DeVito or whatnot from Goodfellas. I think this was one of his best roles. I think this was one of his most versatile roles. And it really set the tone for the entire movie. I believe that he was the conduit between De Niro's character and between uh, the, uh, the, you know, the Pacino character, obviously playing Jimmy Hoffa. He was the glue between those two worlds, and I think that the way he played this part, the understated way he played this part, the matter-of-factness with which he delivered his lines, to me, was second to none. So I was really uh, intrigued by his role in this movie. I think he stole the show when it came to The Irishman, and that's saying a lot when you're talking Pacino and De Niro headlining this. Um, I thought Pesci held his own and really, I think, in a lot of ways came out looking superior in some cases. So mm -hmm. that's why I went with him. It's a little bit of a new um, a little bit of a new movie to consider that. I know a lot of people may look at it and, and find that it's not going below the depths uh, to uh, to some of these movies, but I was that impressed with it that I had to put him in my top ten. Fantastic pick, man. Love the pick, love the movie, love the part. I mean, what more can I say than than what you've just gone out with? And that was that was great. Damn, <laughs> I love doing this. We got to do more of these. Um, my number nine, my number nine is a tad bit of an homage to uh to our namesake the shays bippy and i went with an actor in a bronx tale and uh i might surprise a few people with this pick but i thought this guy was fantastic in this movie um one of the best young actors to come along in a very very long time 
and uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's Francis Capra who played a nine-year-old Colosio in a in a tale. You know, uh, it's it, it's it, this kid walked onto a movie set and sat down with some of the greatest actors and actresses in film history. I mean, in history. The people that are on on screen in this movie are a um, it, it's a Venn diagram of of great um, mob actors, you know, guys that that have been, you know, for for good or bad, typecast as as mafia movie guys, <laughs> and and of course, you know, right up there at at, at the top. We we know who's 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 right there at the top, and that's De Niro. And this kid held his own with all of them. Uh, one 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 scene always sticks with me with with this movie and what Mr. Capper did, and and that's when it was it was right after he witnessed the murder on on the street while he was sitting on the stoop and wondering what was going on. And um, actually, it's it a little bit after that. And he's in confession. Now, Mike can Mike can attest to me <laughs> with this what it's like to sit down in confession, and some of you out there might too. But it's it's he's sitting down and he, he can't really bring himself to talk to his priest about what he just witnessed. And his priest looks at him, you know, looks through. And I mean, he says, you know, don't be afraid, my son. No one is more powerful than God. And Colosio goes, I don't know about that, Father. Your guy may be bigger than my guy up there, but my guy is bigger than yours down here. And the priest looks at him and goes, hey, you got a point. <laughs> because, of course, he recognized the young man's voice. He'd been to confession, you know, uh, you know, five or ten times before. He'd seen him at Mass every every Sunday. He knows who this kid is. And he knows what's going on. This has already gone throughout the neighborhood. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. And nobody's talking and nobody's saying anything. And the priest is just like, kind of gave him a pass on it. Yep, you got a point there. <laughs> but that's it. Francis Capra in a Bronx tale as playing a nine-year-old Colosio from, from, you know, taking a shot to, you know, keeping his learning to keep his mouth shut to really understanding that, you know, that, there's a difference between friendship and family. There's a difference between uh, being loved and being feared. And and he, he it it all started right there with that little kid sitting on the stoop. That really hooked me into this movie, and I loved it. And he, he's been you know he's been in a few films after that. Nothing as big as this, but at least he didn't end up going to prison like some other people. In that movie. So uh, that's it. very very Number true. Nine. Yes. You, you thought I was going to go there, didn't you? No, I actually, when you said a young actor, I kind of figured you were going to go with Capra, and I'm so glad that you did. Uh, his his role, I think, was so underrated. I mean, people look at A Bronx Tale, and they remember uh, the teenage Colosio. And, and right. you know, say what you will, the the part was, was played extremely well. It Great was. casting. I mean, he really does look like Robert De Niro's son. I mean, that's, that is yeah. about as good as casting as you can get. 
but Capra had such a realism to him, and I, and you know, and being at such a young age, I love the scene where he sits down with Chaz Palminteri as Sonny in the bar for the first time, and they're talking about Mickey Mantle didn't pay my, you know, don't care yeah. about Mickey Mantle, he's not going to pay your rent, you know, and those types of scenes and just the way he reacted uh, to uh, what Chaz was saying and the way that he was able to hold his own uh, with uh, with those uh, actors, especially Palminteri and De Niro, was phenomenal. Uh, so I really love that pick. I'm so glad you went there. Thank you, my friend. What do you got up next for us? Absolutely. So moving right on to number eight, and we're moving on to one of the first movies that we uh, chronicled here on uh, uh, the Shape It Be Mob Pod, and that is Steve Buscemi's portrayal of Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, and you could have right. gone in a lot of ways with this. Uh, you really could have. I mean, you could have definitely you know, gone with, with a number of actors in this movie. But to me, Buscemi's offbeat style that he used in this movie, and I think really put him on the map uh, in, in a lot of ways and really kind of alerted everyone just to how talented this guy was and how versatile he was is something that I loved. I loved his character from start to finish. I thought it was just, I thought it was brilliant. I thought the way he played it was, it was dynamic. And I just love the, the, the quirk that he brought to, uh, to that. I can't imagine anyone else uh, playing Mr. Pink than Steve Buscemi. And to me, that's the indelible mark of a movie. And the indelible mark of a character is when you make it so much your own that you cannot envision anyone else being able right. to play it. To me, that's what he did with this movie. Reservoir Dogs, one of my favorite, my favorite Tarantino movie, actually. Yeah. And uh, was one that uh, I was glad that we were able to chronicle early on here. So, uh, yep, number eight, Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs. And a big shout out to Steve Buscemi, who did a great job in this film. He was. He was fantastic. He's fantastic in everything. And, and, and that's a difficult movie to pull somebody out as as a best supporting, you know, or or role because Tim Roth was fantastic in that as Mr. Yeah, Orange. Absolutely and, and, Mr. Orange yeah. You know, he you know, he, even Quentin in his little scene as Mr. Brown there. I it, that was pretty cool. It, it is a great movie and it was one that we chronicled way back if you you can go to our our web page and find that find that sucker. Please do because it was one of my favorite ones to to uh, to go over. Uh, it was early though. It, we're not as we weren't as good at this then as we are now. I think we've gotten a little bit better. <laughs> Growing pains. You can see the evolution of the shape of the yeah, mob pod from start it. to finish, and I think it's a good master class. So dynamite drop in. I like that. There you go. And number eight for me. Um, this 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 was a defining character um in a lot of our lives uh growing up if uh if you were a fan of of the gangster genre of the mobster movie he was uh he was almost too 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 good to be true uh a man like this to a man that that he served and served well his entire life and that is Richard Castellano as Clemenza oh. in The Godfather. <laughs> uh, it, it, this was an amazing role. It was a role that, as you know, just to steal a line from my partner here, that you can't see anybody else playing. You really can't. There's nobody is Clemenza, but Richard Castellano, and, and it, it, it was. He made this this role his in a way that not many actors do and especially not many actors that that um don't have the um the star power that others do this man actually wrote part of this movie okay he wrote he he ad-libbed and wrote in some of his own lines 
uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. That's his. That was his. You're uh, absolutely it, right. And it, it's 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 timeless. It's something that that you know all of us say. You know, when you you're, you're peeking back into the kitchen and you're heading out the door, and and it's you, you want to remind your wife not to not to forget to grab something, or your buddy not to forget forget to grab something and you're pointing at a six pack of beer and you say leave the gun take the cannoli when you're pointing at the beer so that's it is it's a it's a beautiful part it is not the um the biggest supporting role in this movie uh by any means he was only in the first movie um there was difficulty getting him to 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 reprise the role he actually wanted more input into it and that's why i i heard that he was left out of the second movie um i i really would have liked to have seen the way that 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 character evolved but no richard castellano as clemenza in the godfather great choice great Thank great you. choice and you know what it leads me so well into my number seven choice that I don't want to steal your thunder and reiterate anything that you just said, because everything that you could possibly say about the Clemenza character, you summed up so nicely. My number seven choice is actually the replacement character for Clemenza in Godfather Part Two, which not a lot of people realize was an add-in after they couldn't get Castellano and agree on a deal to bring him back for Godfather Part Two, And that mm-hmm. is Michael V. Gotso as... Frank Fantangeli, Frankie Five wow. Angels from The Godfather Part Two, And I really love Gatso's portrayal of this film, of this film in this movie. I think he was indelible. Uh, people yep. quote him all the time, constantly. Again, I think another actor that you really can't see playing anyone else. Anyone else would not be able to give the gravitas to this character. I think he did a tremendous job. But the character itself, I like to look at as Michael Corleone's conscience from the old days. This is a reminder of what his family used to be. And I think in a lot of ways, I think it makes Michael uncomfortable sometimes being around a guy like Frank Ventangeli, who reminds him of what his father used to do, how he used to run his business. Um, You choose a Jew over your own blood. Exactly. You know, please don't take, you know, oh, just quoting here. Wow. Absolutely. No, it's, I mean, and that, that was the indelible mark that I think Gatso made That's on it. this film and him being able to play this so well. And the potential yep. character, I think was just so well written. It was so well done. Uh, the betrayal of how Michael realized that all of the ties that he may have had to his former life were no longer there. He was, you know, he was disenfranchised by his brother, by everyone. And yep. I think this was the bridge character that kind of bridged those two together. And really, yeah. I think, brought a lot of the old school Vito Corleone, Clemenza, Tessio. These things yep. brought them into the modern day with Michael. And he realized that, you know, potentially might be his last link to that. And he had to leave it behind. He had to mm-hmm. eliminate him and move on in order for his own survival, or at least he thought at the time. So, uh, Frank Ventangeli, my number seven. I toyed with putting him at number five simply because it was Frankie Five Angels, but uh, this list was just too hard to whittle Brilliant. down. But uh, he definitely Brilliant. deserved the top ten nod. <laughs> it is. I, I forever. You, I can close my eyes and, and I'm sitting there. Growing up, even even being an Irish kid, growing up in in my town here in New England, in, in Middletown, it is it is um, the Italian experience is indelible and when you go to parties when i was a boy there would be a band in the in the back and frankie trying to teach teach the band out there in uh in um 
in the oh god what town were they in 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 reno outside mm-hmm. of reno how to, how to play a good italian song and they ended up coming up with uh pop goes the weasel and 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 the, the look on his face it was a god man you hit it right on the nose right on the nose brilliant <laughs> brilliant um my number seven is um so far we haven't overlapped anything i'm kind of surprised no we haven't which is great and, and, and yeah which is really cool except for the, an honorable mention that i threw in there but um my number seven is ray winstone as mr french in the departed Ooh. um another another very quotable uh character um i think we will we'll find that throughout this these lists but mr french was was the 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 right hand man of so in 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 this film he he's also somebody that I I didn't know a lot about when I first saw him but I, he he's such an accomplished British actor it's unreal and it, to to pull off the accent that he did which was just an American accent he wasn't trying to go for Boston like so many other people in that in that film just butchered but it's still a good film if you look past that. At the line that he's sitting there and he's just, I, I, I thought it was nice the way you asked him which hand he jerked off with when <laughs> handing him, <laughs> handing the guy's hand, do you please take care of this? <laughs> and and Winston, he was, Winston he was great. And he was one of those guys that it, it, the, the character didn't have a lot of dialogue. What he had was really meaningful. And everything he did in that movie with his face and with his eyes and everything else, he, he was French. You know, when, when he was upstairs in the, um, in the apartment talking to the guy who, who had knocked over a, a, a Brinks truck and, and he's talking about selling him out. It was in here's outside. Is that French outside? Because that's that's what it was, man. It was the fear that French was was just outside. That was the that was the scary thing. Not the not the gun that was pointed at him. Is that French outside? <laughs> oh shit! It was a great movie. Uh, go check it out. The Departed. Ray Winstone, just a fantastic actor who who just hit it out of the park with this one. Great choice, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that, and I will get into The Departed, and my choice might be a little controversial, but I'm going to explain my position when we get to that level, uh, right. but I thought I thought you were absolutely right on the money when it came to Winstone. I love the job that he did in that movie, uh, very quiet, very, um, very understated in the way that he gave his command, but especially in the bar where he, I, I love the scene where he explains to Leonardo DiCaprio, that's oh, not a yeah. guy you can't hit. But it's almost the guy it's you almost can't the hit. Guy you, and the yeah. way he delivers oh. that to me is perfect. It absolutely just set the tone. And even DiCaprio's character reacting to that and just nodding along and going, okay. You know, like he right away, there was no yep. question about who was in charge here, who was the guy that was going to tell him what was going on. Yep. Even the uh, the, the kid I'm going to make a attitude. ruling right here. Exactly. And he mm-hmm. never questioned it. And it wasn't anything. And to me, I think that's such a testament to the way Winstone played that character. So I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, we have arrived at number six, my friend. We're moving right along here on yeah. this list, and it's it's definitely a good thing. And my number six character is a movie we've yet to chronicle here on The uh, the Shape of the Mob Pod, but hopefully we will do it soon. And that is Tarantino's classic, quote-unquote. You can make the argument of whether or not this was his finest film. I happen to prefer Reservoir Dogs, but Pulp Fiction is definitely a movie that is uh, the 
the choice of the masses when it comes to Tarantino films. And uh, mine is Ving Rhames as Marcellus Wallace. And I know a lot of people may look and say, this is going to be, this could be a lead. There's really not a technical lead in uh, in, uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, There's a lot. I mean, most people would say that the lead character in Pulp Fiction is probably Travolta, Uma Thurman, Mm -hmm. even Samuel L. Jackson. But to me, I loved Ving Rhames' performance in this movie because of all the stories going on and all the parallels that were going on, he was the constant overarching figure that everyone had an eye on. And I just love the way that he was kind of the glue, I thought, that held this movie together. So I thought it was Ving's, uh, you know, uh, best role. I thought it was definitely the role that put him on the map in terms of uh, showcasing his talent and his ability as an actor. Uh, I really love the way that he played this film. So uh, not quite in my top five, but I thought definitely a top uh, a top ten. And I put him a little bit higher than some of my favorites, some roles that maybe I personally prefer a little bit more, but I love the way he played it, and I think he deserves that spot. So Marcellus Wallace with num- my number six selection uh, from Pulp Fiction. There you go, man. That was that's fantastic. And he is a supporting actor in this. I would have to give the nod to, to Travolta and Jackson as the main characters. They are the, 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 the straws that stir this drink. But he is he is by far the coolest cube in that drink that they're stirring. And and a great pick, man. A great pick. I love it. Oh thank man. you, man. Much appreciated. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna both end up binging a whole whole bunch of stuff. Um, my number six, and, uh, and this, this is a bit of a crossover and, 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 you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I hate to do it, man. I really do. I just got the same movie and but we got a different character and it's Hi- Harvey Keitel, Larry, AKA Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I, thought Keitel, I thought Keitel was fantastic in this movie. You know, he, he, he played the, the career criminal, all these other guys that, that are brought together and they don't know, know one another. And Keitel is the, is the cool head that, that prevails throughout all of it. And the look on his face at the end when he realizes that Mr. White is a cop. And it's just, 
unreal. But you know the the, the standoff in 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 the um uh for lack of a better word at the warehouse where they were all moving moving out and and you come in and they they're pointing a gun at Mr. Letting everybody if you shoot this man you die next. You know <laughs> I repeat if you shoot this man you die next. Uh, because he was standing up for his buddy, the, the the guy that he had really made a connection with in this crew. And it turned out that 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 guy was the cop and he was the one that was selling them out. And it really it just it just ate him up. It just ate him up that he ended up shooting friends, that he ended up shooting other gangsters over a cop. And he couldn't believe that he did it and the way he stood up for him. But it, it, it was a fantastic role, as as we're talking about. It's a fantastic movie. The second, you know, mentioning that we've had of it today. And there it is. My number six, Harvey Keitel is Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs. Great choice. And again, with Reservoir Dogs, it's really, it's hard to go with a different, with a, with a bad choice. I mean, everybody yeah. in that movie was great. And, you know, I mean, you can make the argument that, uh, you know, that some of these, you know, the actors, maybe the Madsen character, you can make the argument that maybe he's the lead. But I think in all aspects, I think in all ways of this movie, it was such an ensemble cast that any of these actors could be considered in a supporting role. And that, to me, is how I approach this. And that leads me to my number five selection. That's right, folks. We are in the top five already. And mine would probably be considered a a lead actor by a lot of people that probably don't have an intricate knowledge of this movie. And it's a movie that my, my good friend mentioned earlier on, and it is the departed. And I am going at number five with Jack Nicholson as Frank Costello in the departed. And I know a lot of people are thinking that that might be a lead to me. If I'm looking at the departed, I'm looking at two main lead characters. I'm looking at Matt Damon. I'm looking at, um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Billy right. Costigan, uh, Colin Sullivan. To me, those are the two lead characters. I think everybody else in this movie is a supporting actor. And the reason why Nicholson's character is so indelible is because he plays it so well. It's really, it's a caricature, I think, in a lot of ways of Whitey Bulger. And I think he played this role so well. Nicholson was absolutely just devious beyond all mm-hmm. deviousness. But still, and we talked about this when we chronicled this movie earlier, is he finds a way to make this character likable, even though there's no redeeming moral quality in the character of Frank Costello. It's At funny. the end, when he, when he leaves everything to the Billy Costigan character, it almost yep. endears you to say, he loved that kid like a son. That was the yep. one that he thought was the most trustworthy. And it almost gives you a heartwarming type of feel for the character, despite of the, the many you know terrible things that he did. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Nicholson was phenomenal in this. I thought his, his role of working with both DiCaprio and Damon elevated their scenes. I think some of the best work that they did in the movie was work that they did alongside Nicholson. And to me, I think when you can take a character and an actor and elevate your lead to being uh, worthy of Oscar nominations, then I think you've done your job. So that's why I went with him as a supporting actor. Some people may look at it and think I cheated and say that it was a lead, but I, I still consider him a supporting actor, and that's why I went with Nicholson in number five in this. There you go. It's Great points, all well taken, and uh, yeah, DiCaprio was was the lead in that movie. It was his movie, and um, all the people that that were propping him up did a really good job of it, and and he was one of them. It, it, it was it was a totally believable uh, portrayal. 
uh, by Nicholson. It was his, his fantastic movie. I could never turn past it when I see it come on the, on the screen. It's, it's, you know, the only time I, I, I would ever turn this movie off is if it was cut up and, and edited for television. That's it. <laughs> we at, we're at number five already. We are at number five. We're at number five already. All right, man. Well, let, let's get into it. Uh, my number five is is somebody that that I um, I really identify with a lot uh, because he's he's so fantastic at at you know just being a large man in a room and owning it and just knowing that, <laughs> that that's going to do it. But uh, my number my number five on, on my list is Paul Sorvino as Paul Cicero in, in it, it, it's, it's just, it's his consummate role. You know, big Polly is his constant, you know, it, it's, it's fantastic. I, I can't put into words how real he made Goodfellas for me. I mean, you had seen everything. I mean, Scorsese is, is a master at, um, at casting roles. I, I'm not sure if he even uses a casting director. I think he just, you know, says, yeah, I want this guy. Yeah, I want that guy. And put my mother and father in it somewhere. Um, but what what Paul Servino did in this movie was it 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 opened it showed me what, what a real mob boss at that time and place was supposed to be like. You know, you know, um Big Paulie didn't move fast because he didn't have to move for anybody. For anybody, uh, <laughs> was was fantastic. It was a fantastic line, and it, it it just when you look at him, you you definitely saw that. That's 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 the re- kind of respect that you knew that this guy had for his entire life, probably. And um, we got to see that that character at its uh, pinnacle. Well, we saw other guys growing up in in the mob generations. Uh, this was a this this was a grown ass man who knew who he was and ran his family in the right way, and that that was it. That I love this movie. I love Paul Sorvino and everything he does, from playing an evangelical preacher in Oh God to this. <laughs> it, he's just fantastic, you know. And and he gave us his daughter, which was really nice. She's a great girl. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, th- I think Mira doesn't get the credit she deserves for being the versatile and, and great actress that she's been. Oh, uh, no doubt. You know, and and uh, and then you know, without question, I completely agree with you when it comes to that. But uh, such a great choice, such a great choice. Sorvino is truly one of my favorites. Um, Understa- again, understated, stoic in the way he played it, but it was perfectly played because it yep. set the tone for the character. And again, it's one of those overarching characters that kind of has a uh, an, an umbrella over everyone in the movie. Everyone essentially was tied into Paulie somehow. Everything mm-hmm. ended up coming back to him. And because of that, I think that, and the way Sorvino played it was just, I think, phenomenal. Right up until the, his last scene in the movie where he's just looking at Henry Hill with that look of disgust sitting there yep. in the courtroom just, unbelievable just that i can't believe you did this i am going to get you with everything that i have you son of a bitch and you're mm-hmm. a dead man if i ever find you and he says that without even having to grit his teeth or look nope. it's just it's all in the eyes and to me i think that 
really says something about an actor when you can do that and you can command a performance just with the eyes and just with a blank stare. I think it really, really says something to you. So uh, great choice, my friend. Couldn't have been happier with that one. Okay. So as we start to inch toward the home stretch here, uh, at number four, Officer Jim Malone, played by Sean Connery in The Untouchables. And oh, wow. uh, again, again, I think this movie just really, I, I think one of my favorite mom movies of all time, I really enjoyed uh, doing yep. The Chronicle for this when we did this. I think Costner was phenomenal in this. I do consider him the lead. I do consider um, uh, Sean Connery uh, as uh, uh, Malone to be a supporting uh, actor in yep. this movie, but he, I think, was phenomenal. And again, the glue that kind of held everything together. Without him running into Malone on the bridge that night, Ness may not have had the courage, he may not have had the support, or he may not have had the wherewithal to be able to pursue Capone in the way he wanted to do it. He was down on his luck, and that moment changed him. And even though the character didn't get as much screen time as I would like to have seen him get, his presence in that movie is indelible. I can't imagine that story being told without the Malone character. And I think one of the great roles that uh, uh, that Connery has ever played, I think, showed off a lot of the versatility in the way he's able to do it. Um, so many great supporting roles in that. But I had to give the nod to, uh, uh, to Malone on this simply because it's just one of my favorite movie characters of all time. So I was happy to see him in there. and. Uh, you know, that's my number four selection, Jim Malone well, from The Untouchables. Not? And if I remember from your tidbits, when we did the movie, he did win an Oscar for that, right? He did, yes. Yes, he did. Yep. yep. Best Supporting right. Actor. So yep. uh, that Best one I, I have backing on. The, the Academy backed me up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But at least one of us does. And my number four is along the same veins. Uh, if, you know, it was the other side. Oh. My my number I I went I went with a woman here, and um, I went back to uh, to the the movie that started it all for us. Um, I think all of us, and it's Talia Shire as Connie in The Godfathers. All three yeah. Godfathers. Watching the arc of Connie in this movie, in this 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 trilogy, if you will, in the saga, um, was was phenomenal to watch where she began as the the bright-eyed, spoiled little brat um, that, you know, just got the, the, the wedding of the century that she, that she had always wanted. And, uh, you know, just a little daddy's girl. And to actually becoming the head of this family, because in three, when Michael was down, when he was, uh, in the hospital, it was Connie calling the shots, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something I'm sure her father would have never seen coming from his little girl way back when. But no, I, I thought she was um, unbelievable. Uh, you, you got to see her grow in this in this film series like no other woman in in acting history. From point A to point C, it was it was it was phenomenal. Each each go around, she was an amazing person, uh, an amazing character to follow. From that spoiled girl to the the widow who knew that her you know in her heart that her brother had made her, and uh, after you know especially after being so close to Sonny, 
and Sonny's sitting there saying, do you think I'd make that, that uh, baby an orphan? Well, no, she believed him, and she didn't think that, that anybody was capable of that, but Michael was. And seeing what, you know, she had become in part two, you know, the woman who hadn't even gone to see her children when she came back home. She was just there for money and wanted to get the hell out to the head of the family at one point in time during three. It was a great, it was a great character, a great role, and I don't know anybody else that could play it better than Talia Shire Connie, as Connie in The Godfather. Yeah, I don't think there was anybody that could have played it better. I think Talia was phenomenal in this uh, from start to finish, one, two, and three. I like how you brought that in. And I also think it's a good example of the evolution of society at the time, coming from an era in the 40s into the 50s where women were very subservient, basically. You know, it was just, it was there, please the, uh, the husband, and that's essentially what you were there to do. And then kind of getting a little bit of an attitude in the 60s and the late 50s and the 60s and starting to emerge as your own person and then into the late 70s and the 80s taking the reins and actually being the head of the family for a while it really is I think a good example of what the culture of of women uh, you know evolved over time so great selection Uh, you know it's, it's so hard to go wrong when you go with some of these indelible movies like The Godfather and and I think that's a very worthy selection so Excellent, excellent choice. Uh, couldn't have, uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, and I will go into a little bit of a different direction, but with a little bit of the same flavor. And uh, that is uh, a person that had a lot of screen time with Talia Shire in The Godfather. But again, I'm not going in that direction for this selection. At number three, I am going with Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero from Donnie Brasco. And you brought this up earlier. And I think a lot of people, again, like Costello, may look at this and say, well, that's kind of a lead role. I still consider this Depp's movie. I Mm -hmm. still think he is the lead character from start to finish. Every plot line, every, um, you know, every aspect he's involved with. The reason why I say Lefty is more of a supporting character is because he doesn't have a whole lot of interaction or any interaction uh, with the FBI side of this movie, where that's where Pistone really becomes the dual personality between Joseph Pistone and Donnie Brasco. He walks that line. To me, I think that really clearly defines who is the lead character in this movie. But if you're asking what were some of Pacino's most indelible roles, with the exception of Michael Corleone, I'd put this right up there with Frank Serpico. I'd put this up there with Dog Day Afternoon. Some of the great movies, uh, even A Scent of a Woman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Slade, I still think this is one to me that shows a lot of versatility on Pacino's uh, behalf. I love the way he played this role. I think he played it in a perfect supporting uh, role to, uh, uh, to Depp's character. And uh, just uh, one of the more uh, tragic roles that you'll see him play. And uh, I I think he captured it perfectly that uh, worn down, I've worked my entire life and all they've done is give me more work. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get a bullet in the back of my head for all my troubles. And that's exactly how his life played out in the character, in the movie. And uh, this, to me, was, was one of Pacino's best roles. So at number three, I go with Lefty Ruggiero from Donnie Brasco. There you go, man. That that's fantastic. My number three is is um, this is why I was more interested in in the bottom end of these lists than the top because we're we're getting a lot of crossovers. We're getting a lot of the same movies, and and but you you can't you you, you can't deny it. You you just can't. There are certain movies yeah. that are they're at the top of this pyramid, and certain guys that and 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 ladies that that just you know are are too good to pass up and. 
my number three is is Joe Pesci as Don, as Tommy D in in, yeah. in Goodfellas. Um, Pesci won an Oscar for playing this sociopath, and it was it was well deserved. I, I we're back to you know I can't see anybody else doing this outside of maybe maybe no nah, I I, I no nah, I couldn't see anybody else doing this. I really couldn't. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, DeSimone was, was the most gangster person to ever be a gangster on, on film. And Pesci just knocked it out of the park. He deserved this freaking Oscar. It was an, an amazing role that he took to a new level, and it made it turned him. It turned a an actor who was a a respected but not really well known guy into a household name, and rightfully so. Absolutely, I could not agree, I could not uh, disagree more. And you know what? I won't disagree because he was my number two choice. All right. <laughs> and I think that blends in very, very nicely. Yes. Uh, Joe Pesci as Tommy. Finally the only, the only actor uh, that, uh, that we, uh, uh, that I have in my top 10 that had uh, two slots um, in, uh, in this and uh, it was so yep. well-deserved. I mean, 
um, you know, do you think I'm funny? Spider dance. I mean, these yep. are indelible lines that everybody that thinks of a mob movie, I think you really think of two things. I think you think of Don Corleone, you know, doing the little chin scratch when he does yep. that. And you think of Joe Pesci saying, funny how, you know, how am I funny? I That's just it. think that just ter- tremendous, tremendous, uh, you know, job by him. It put him on the map. It won him an Oscar so well-deserved. And to me, I think you, one of the greatest supporting roles that you'll ever see in movies, not just in this genre, in any movie. Um, he took the movie and nearly made it his own going, uh, you know, against, uh, you know, really heavy hitters like Ray Liotta and, and Robert De Niro. And he was able to make his mark on that movie. And in a lot of ways, he may be the most popular character in that movie. And that's saying something. Yeah, I, I he was on my list twice. I actually moved him out from number 10 because I didn't want to do it, you know, two people in the same way. But I got to respect you because, you know, you just you didn't care. You, you put him there. And uh, I had him at number 10 as Nicky Santoro in um, another in, uh, great role in, uh, in Casino. So another great role. No, I can. I, it really was. It really was. He's just. He's just an amazing guy, an amazing actor, who uh, who who can't be talked about in in any other way. But with complete respect. Good job, bud. Good job. My number Thank two you. is uh, yeah. Once again, I, I'm I'm going back in. Cue the horns, folks. It's Al Pacino as Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Uh, Pacino is the only man in the history of cinema to be nominated for an Oscar, both as the supporting actor and an actor playing the same role. And uh, he did the, for the, he got the first one, of course, for playing uh, Michael in the first Godfather. Uh, it, it was, it was a film and a role that touched me in a way that was, you know, is indelible. And uh, I think this is the, is this the second, this is the third time I'm <laughs> bringing this movie up. <laughs> I'm just stepping all over myself, and uh, it, it, it was it was beautiful. I can't. It, there, there's nobody else that could do it. it. It's it's Al Pacino as Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Yeah, without question. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? And I like how you were able to extract the character from the original, uh, which you know technically you can say that part two and part three he was in the lead role. Uh, yep. In the uh, the original Godfather, he wasn't a supporting role, and I think a lot of people forget that. And tremendously played a lot of deference to Marlon Brando in that movie uh, and being a part of, of that, uh, the, you know, that genre, especially in a role that he wasn't wanted in. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people forget that we've talked about that several times here on Shea Bippy and uh, something that I don't think gets enough play is how much adversity Al Pacino had to go through just to get the Michael Colleone character and make it his own. He did that. And a big part of that is because he was such a great supporting actor in the first one that it, it vaulted him into being such an indelible lead. Um, we have arrived, my friend. We have arrived at the top spot. And uh, this one may surprise some people. I don't know if it'll surprise some people. It may not. It may raise an eyebrow, uh, especially with a glaring omission on my list. But I'm, gonna, I'm going to explain that after we're done giving our number ones. The number one in my list... Uh, is from a movie that we're, you know, talking about quite often. And again, it's the third time I've dipped into this movie, but it's so difficult to uh, uh, to eliminate these characters. And that is Tom Hagen, Robert Duvall's character as 
Tom Hagen in The Godfather wow. and The Godfather Part Two as number one. And I know a lot of people are going to raise their eyebrow on that and say, really? Um, I was, I'm such a fan of Duvall's work in these two movies. I think he was, again, very understated. And I think he was the conscience of this movie and the reminder to Michael of what his father was and what type of person his father was, what type of leader his father was. And in a lot of ways, I think it was, I mentioned uh, Frank and Tangeli being like Michael's conscience to the old days. Yeah. I think that may be more true of Hagen. Uh, and I'll tell you, in part two, where you see Hagen having to get up and leave when he's about to talk to Johnny Ola, because he doesn't want to talk that kind of business in front of Tom Hagen, yeah. is to me what makes that character so powerful and so such an influence on the way he does business um, and on the way he, he, uh, he, he lives his life in a lot of ways. It was almost like Tom was that ideal that he didn't want, he did not want to see, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the dark puppet strings. Uh, he didn't want him to see the, the dirty side of what he had to do. He had that reverence for him. Uh, and at the same time, he also didn't have a whole lot of faith in him either. So it was a real, I think, very, um, very odd role for uh, for Hagen to play. He was a powerful guy in the family, but at the same time, he always felt like the outsider. And I think Duval played that perfectly. So to me, the ultimate supporting actor in this, and that's why I ranked him so high in the number one spot, is because of the impact that he had on the Michael Corleone character, on the Don Corleone character, Don Vito Corleone, and even Sonny. Uh, he was that glue that kind of held all the brothers in check and together. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. role, and uh, I uh, I had to give him the nod in this one. I, I I can't blame you, and I can't argue it, and I I never I never would argue with you, bud. Um, <laughs> like I said, there's going to be a lot of crossover here. There's going to be a lot of overlapping, and and that's just the way it is because this movie is at the top of the pyramid. It, it's it's the one that that you know made it made it happen for for most of us who who made us all fall in love with it. And and my my number my number one of all time it, it, it's wow it's James Conn is sunny yeah you know I nearly it, went with that <laughs> yeah I know I know it, I nearly it, it went is, with that and it's it's unbelievable because I nearly went with him in the number one slot and he didn't even make my top ten so that goes yeah. to show you like what type of yep. you know how it, it was how it would that? almost it would be insult I, I I felt less insulted by the fact that you left him off the list than if you put him at number seven or number yep. ten you know that's that's just the way it is there, there was only there's only a couple of people that could that could occupy number 1 and not be anywhere else on on this list and and he's he's it and he was he was the prince of the city he was he was he was the man um it, it was i don't know about you but you know when i was when i was 12 years old i wanted to be sunny yeah. i really did <laughs> No, I think everybody you know, did. Sonny I mean, was the reason. That, yeah. yeah, Sonny was the reason I drove a Cadillac. Sonny was the reason that you know I I wore a suit for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and it's, but it's Murph, true. What's I Murph mean, doing in it? What's Murph doing? He's, he's just Murph. He's just wearing a suit. And that's the thing. He had it. And all. I was. I was he a seventeen-year-old really kid who owned three freaking suits, and and I would wear them out of the house just to go and and go do shit. And uh, that was that was it was it was a fun time in my life, and and it was it was a great character. It's it's somebody that embodied 
his uh, one side of his father while Michael embodied another side of his father. And uh, you saw that there when they were young. It, it was, you know, the the man that was the family guy, but he went out and, you know, did what men do back then because that's what men did back then, especially men like, say, it was, it was just a fantastic role. And like I said, nobody else that could play that part but James Caan. And, you know, for, and especially for a guy who is Jewish to, to, and, in, in, you know, to jump into an Italian world that way and own it the way he did it, that was, that was pretty cool. It absolutely was. And again, you cannot argue with that. And, I, I praise you so much for putting him in that role. And the reason why I went with Hagen is because of the presence in both one and in part two, and even yeah. uh, the overarching presence in uh, into part three, where you can kind of make the argument that that role actually should have gone to Duvall, uh, meaning yeah. the George Hamilton role, which I think would have added another dimension to that movie. Uh, yeah. To me is, is why I went with that. But Sonny is definitely uh, deserving of that. His, presence in that movie is felt even though he does not have the screen time that most of the other actors had in the godfather his presence is felt in every aspect of every part of those movies uh that you cannot argue with that so excellent choice cannot argue with it and i think you made a fine choice thank you there you have it folks our top 10 and before we close up the bar today quickly my friend um one of the glaring omissions on both of our lists, and I yep. don't necessarily think this is a glaring omission uh, because I do consider this character maybe more than a lead than most people do, but um, I wanted to get your take on this. Jimmy the Gent Conaway, do you consider yep. him a lead? Do you consider him a supporting actor? Because uh, I considered him a lead, which is why I left him off. Otherwise, I would probably have put him at the number one spot. Yeah, I, I I do. I consider him as a lead actor in that in 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 that film. I I, just, I I know it's about Henry. I know it's Henry's Henry's life, but I you know De Niro's not supporting him in any way, shape, or form there. Right. You know it, it's it's just not. He's he's being he's being support. He's he's a lead role, and and that's right. why. And I did. I I kept trying to figure out should I do it? Should I not? You know should I do it? Should I not? And it was. The same way with him in The Godfather Part Two, which Pacino got the nod as a lead actor in being nominated, and De Niro did not. Um, and yeah, I, I can't put him as a supporting actor in anything. I, I just, I just can't. I, you know, and so no, I, I understand why you, we both left them these people off in two very iconic roles that that a lot of people out there are going to be talking about well why didn't you put them in there well this is why because right. they de niro is just he, he's not a supporting actor ever it, it's just not he's the lead actor exactly and i completely agree with you i think that's that's exactly uh why i left him off so a lot of people might be a little surprised that we did that but i couldn't let i couldn't close up the bar today buddy without at least addressing the white elephant in the room because i know a lot of people might climb all over that and say how could you not put the narrow in there it's because i think he is a uh, a lead in uh in this movie um and much more so than maybe some of the other characters we've chronicled this was an absolute blast. I had a great time doing this. I Me think too. that um, I hope our listeners enjoy it, uh, you know, half as much as we did. Uh, if they do, then they're having a great time as well because I love doing, uh, you know, um, 
lists like this. And to me, I think it was great that we didn't have a whole lot of uh, overlap, uh, you know, in no, terms yeah. of characters that we put in, uh, movies that we put in. I think we each, you know, mentioned a couple of different ones at times. So I, I really do. I like what uh, uh, what we've come up with, and uh, I, hopefully other people do as well. So if you have suggestions on the next top ten that you'd like to see Murph and I tackle here on the Shade Biffy Mob Pod, please reach out to us mm-hmm. at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. You can reach out to my good buddy at Team Murph 207. Uh, we're always open here on the Shea Bippy Mob Bar unless you're socially distancing. And in that case, Twitter is a safe way to contact <laughs> us. Um, but before I uh, close up the uh, uh, the bar today and we go back to our social distancing ways, uh, any parting thoughts, any uh, uh, closing thoughts here to leave our uh, faithful listeners here uh, with before we take our leave today? No, I, I actually, you know, I hope we get some new listeners that are just tuning in for the first time to this show um, at this episode, because it really did. We just covered a lot of ground in an hour of a bunch of movies that we've, we've gone over before. And I hope you go back and listen to them. Um, It's something we haven't done before. And and like Mike said, I hope we do it again and do it real soon because this was just, this was the most fun I've had you know, since we started doing this and there are a lot of episodes out there now. Uh, but I really enjoyed, you know, just going back and forth and, and talking because it was a complete, we, we left this as a complete surprise to one another folks. We didn't, we didn't, you know, here's, here's yours, here's mine. And, and let's go back and forth. And that's what we started doing this, this for. And uh, it was, this is my favorite episode that we've done so far. But then again, I said that about the last episode we did and the episode before that and the episode before that. We just keep that, you know, just keeps getting more and more fun and and better and better. And I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening in. And I want to thank Mike for including me in this. Oh, you kidding me? It's my pleasure. Thank you for including me in this. This was a mutual brainchild that kind of yeah, it was. Uh, it kind of was was born out of uh, out of thin air in a lot of ways, and uh, uh, it really has become one of my favorite uh, things to do. Anytime I can share the microphone with uh, with this uh, fine gentleman uh, who is really not just a friend of mine; he is a brother. He is familia to me, and I always enjoy this. And we hope that you enjoy it as well. So. On behalf of my good buddy Thomas Murphy, I am Mike DeBate. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Shea Bippy. Now you can't leave because you shouldn't be leaving. You should be social distancing. You should be staying at home to save lives. But for the purposes of this podcast, now you can leave and go on throughout your day. Stay safe, stay well, and have a great day, everyone. And we look forward to seeing you again here on Shea Bippy real soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.